I think first and foremost, you have to invest in your tribe and then second, invest within your tribe. And what I mean by that is I think it's really important to first spend the time and the effort to grow and add value to the people that are within your network. Best ever listeners, I'm so excited to share today's sponsor with you. It's Eastern Union Funding and Arbor Realty Trust. If you're in the multifamily space, you likely recognize these names, but have you used them? Uh, I'm guessing if you haven't, then you probably know someone who has. I can tell you personally, we have used uh, Mark Belsky. He is a point person at Eastern Union Funding as a partner with us, and he has helped us secure debt uh, for actually a deal we closed on this month. And we've worked with him. Um, in addition, my clients, my program, my consulting program have worked with him to successfully close on deals. Uh, when we were starting out, Ashcroft was starting out, we had somewhat of a track record. But we weren't fully as established with our investor network. I went to him and we secured some equity, $500,000 in equity to fund one of our deals. While he works with more institutional partners, he's brought $200 million in equity over the last 12 months. He was able to help us out there and we've built a relationship with him and Eastern Union Funding ever since. So if you need equity for your deal and you have a track record, then he's your point person. His number is 212-897-9875. If you need debt, then he partners up with Arbor on a lot of transactions. So if you're a multifamily borrower who wants agency or bridge debt, then that's the team to work with. Uh, We have worked with their team, both Eastern Union and Arbor, on deals and People who have purchased our deals, purchased deals from us, have used Arbor, as well as my clients in my consulting program, they've used it. So this is a recommendation that comes from firsthand experience. And the last thing I'll say about uh, working with Mark Belsky at Eastern Union is that if you need a loan guarantor, but don't have that track record quite yet, then Mark can look at what you've the deal you've got and assuming it checks out, he can make introductions to people he knows as potential loan guarantors for your deal. So debt, equity, and potentially loan guarantors. Uh, all you need, well, you need to find a deal, obviously. Um, but besides that, you know the other main components of the deal they can help you out with. So talk to Mark Belsky. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com and his phone number 212-897-9875. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Stuart Grazier. How you doing, Stuart? I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me, man. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, my pleasure. Looking forward to our conversation and a little bit about Stuart. He's an active duty Navy pilot who has served 16 years in the military. Thank you for doing what you do. He has also built a $600,000 portfolio of performing notes and a portfolio of five rental properties and is a passive investor in two separate multifamily syndications and recently started a turnkey rental property company. Holy cow, you've got a lot going on. He's based in Aurora, Colorado. So with that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? 
Absolutely. So kind of like you said, I'm active duty Navy, currently stationed in Aurora, Colorado at Buckley Air Force Base. Although I'm in the Navy, I'm stationed at an Air Force Base, so go figure. (laughs) So I've been kind of dabbling in real estate for about 10 years now and kind of done a little bit of everything. Really primarily just tried to find different investments where I could be as passive as possible. Being active duty military, got a full-time job and a family. So for the most part, over the last 10 years, I've been trying to do private lending and got into mortgage notes and invested into some syndications. But uh, over the last couple of years, my taxes have gone up significantly after kind of building on that portfolio and getting some advice from other investors. They really just said, hey, you need to start buying actual physical property. So my focus has been over the last year or so to get and acquire some more physical property so I could have some more tax write-offs. So I bought some turnkey properties from a turnkey company in Birmingham, Alabama. And although not a terrible investment, there was definitely some things that I didn't like about it and kind of doing some of my own research and learning from all the investing. I kind of decided to go out on my own and try to start my own turnkey company with my best friend from college. So he kind of had a similar experience having some issues, probably way worse than I did with a turnkey company. And so the two of us decided that we were going to start our own and make it better and do right by our network of investors within the military and try to start to really providing value to our own network and providing a really good cash flowing asset to some of our network. So that's kind of what we've been focused on over the past about four and a half, five months. We've done 10 properties now. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of on average about two to three a month. And we are focused in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, find single family homes. We're buying them, rehabbing them, putting renters in place, turning it over to property management, and then selling them to other military guys that are wanting to buy cash flowing real estate. What were some of the areas that you are focused on improving on based on your experience and your business partner's experience? One of them is communication. Both my partner and I really had some major communication issues with the companies that we had invested in. And just days, weeks go by if we had questions about our investment, it'd take forever for them to get back to us. So we really wanted to improve on that. And then just honesty and transparency with our investors. Not as much my experience, but my partner's <laughs> experience had some really, really poor stuff going on. Some really major honesty issues. He had been told that some of these houses, every major component was rehabbed. And then going back through videos, he'd find that they didn't put a water heater in it, but he had paid for a new water heater and just lots of issues like that. So we really just wanted to be open and transparent and honest as much as possible with our investors. So what's your approach with communication? So we do weekly walkthrough videos of our properties and we have an acquisition manager that's boots on the ground in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And oh, by the way, neither of us are in Milwaukee. Like I said, I'm in Aurora, Colorado. My business partner lives in Annapolis, Maryland, but we have a really good team in place there in Milwaukee. So we require weekly videos and we send those videos to our investors once we've identified them to buy the property, take pictures send them our scope of work to let them know what is being rehabbed on the property. And then at the end of it, we get a full inspection done. And if there are issues that come up on the inspection, we tell them about them Mm -hmm. and then tell them once they're fixed, take pictures of it. Just constant communication and constant transparency 
with everything. And then if something comes up that we didn't plan for and we feel that it was on us, then we would pay for it out of pocket. You've got a turnkey rental property company. Are you also managing them once they buy them? No, we found a really good property management company that we like in Milwaukee that's been in the business and doing it for a lot longer than we have. So we figured we would uh, allow for the professionals to take on managing the property. So as soon as the rehab is complete, we turn it over to the property management company and they take over. You don't live there. Your business partner doesn't live there, but you picked Milwaukee. How'd you pick Milwaukee? So again, kind of my business partner, that's where he initially invested with the turnkey company and his wife is from that area. So he has family there. So we have some ties to the area anyways, but we tried to decide on different markets and we had done quite a bit of research and we saw some economic indicators that we really liked about Milwaukee. One of the biggest ones we saw was that there is a company called Foxconn Technology and they are building a $13 billion plant in Southern Milwaukee. And they just broke ground last summer and it's supposed to open in 2019. And it's supposed to bring about 15,000 new jobs to the area. So we really liked the idea of kind of getting in the front end of that to where there's going to be a lot of business growth and and a lot of people move into the area to take some of those jobs. And there's quite a few other mid-level Fortune 500 companies that, that are there as well. So We liked some of those drivers that we saw. You have five rental properties yourself, and also you have a $600,000 portfolio of performing mortgage notes, and you're also in two separate apartment syndications. How active are you in growing any of those areas of your investing? The mortgage notes, very little activity on my part. I really just sit back and watch that the checks come in on a monthly basis. How much do you make on $600,000 worth of performing mortgage notes? Average about 10%, so about $60,000 a year. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. One of the lessons and why I kind of started getting into trying to buy more physical property was I bought all those outside of a self-directed IRA. It was just in an LLC. And so kind of talking with my CPA and doing some more research, there wasn't really many tax advantages to Mm -hmm. having paper outside of an IRA. So it really was just increased income to my end of year taxes. And so that's kind of why I I started trying to get into more physical property over the last couple of years. So you're not actively growing the performing mortgage notes? Not outside of my IRA. I did open up a self-directed IRA a couple years ago. So I've started buying mortgage notes inside of my IRA when I have enough capital to do so. Right now, I've pretty much used all the capital inside of my IRA. So I'll have to allow it to kind of build up again until I buy another one. What about your portfolio of five rental properties? You focus on buying more of those? I am. We're doing the turnkey business and I've kept one of the properties since and added it to my portfolio and will continue to do so as we build capital through selling properties off. That's kind of one of the goals is just to grow our capital to where eventually we can buy more real estate ourselves. And we'd really like to start getting into more multifamily deals as we have more capital. And you are in two multifamily deals as a passive investor. What's your experience been there? Good. One of them is in an apartment complex that a fellow Navy pilot, retired veteran syndicated, and it's in Albuquerque, New Mexico. 
and it's gone pretty well. They're actually on the tail end of it, have a buyer and trying to exit by the end of the year. So hopefully should get a nice return on that investment. And then I invested a real small amount of capital into a mobile home park community in Florida. And that's gone pretty well as well. Do you see some tax benefits as a result of depreciation being taken on those two deals that helps you with your tax position? Absolutely. Definitely helps quite a bit. What have you learned from investing passively in deals, if anything, that you've applied towards your approach when you're working with investors on the turnkey rental property? Very similar as far as having really good communication. I think as an investor providing opportunities to other investors, keeping that open honesty, transparency, and open communication as much as possible really helps as a passive investor in those deals. I love it when I get the monthly newsletters from them telling me how my investment is doing. So I've tried to transfer that to my turnkey business of doing that same thing for the investors that I'm providing that opportunity to. I think really having that communication is paramount. What's a story of something that hasn't gone well for you from an investing standpoint? Very early on in my career of investing, when I was kind of first starting out, I was trying to find those passive ways to invest. And I started down the path of doing private lending deals. And I was lending to an investor that I didn't really know very well and probably put way too much, not probably, I did put too much trust in the individual. And over a span of about two years, I collectively lost about $130,000 from investing in him. He ended up actually going to jail um, (laughs) because he was basically doing a Ponzi scheme. Oh, wow. I didn't know enough about what I was doing to really be investing with him. So huge personal growth experience there. Really, primarily, I need to educate myself first before I go invest in something that I don't know much about and then build a team around me that has my best interest at heart. Let's assume that you are interested in still doing private lending and an individual approaches you. First, a quick question. What type of deals was this person doing? Fix and flips? They were. Yeah, they're all fix and flips short term. All right. right. So let's pretend you still want to do private lending. A fix and flipper approaches you and says, hey, Stuart, I've got some deals. I need some private money to do these. What due diligence would you do on this new person now that you didn't do on the previous person? I think now after having quite a few years of experience under my belt, I'm not going to really invest with someone that I don't know fairly well and have had quite a bit of time and opportunity to know the individual. Looking back on it, I should have never invested with someone that I barely knew. And once that has been established for a while and I really know the individual and and can trust the individual, I want to know some background about them and Other referrals, I think, is really good and seeing what kind of deals that they've done in the past and knowing how successful they've been. And then, again, just being knowledgeable about what you're investing in. From a lending perspective, you need to know kind of the paperwork involved in it and the process for doing the paperwork correctly, making sure you have the right people on your team to back you up to make sure it's been done correctly. You said 130000 is what you lost? Yeah, $130,000. 130000 over the course of two years. How did you end up finding out that it was a Ponzi scheme? I got a letter in the mail from an attorney basically saying that the individual had been sued by another investor who had way more money investing with him than I did. 
and basically asked for all of my information and what I had invested in, if I had any paperwork to show for what I've done with them. Mm -hmm. And then from your standpoint, what'd you do? First, I kind of freaked out. Yeah, um, I imagine. <laughs> but did you, call, so, did you call this person? Absolutely. Yeah, called what, him, what they texted said. him, emailed him. They didn't reply. Uh, yeah, kind of went silent on the net. Did they live close by or flying distance at least? <laughs> they did. I didn't have his home address, uh, but I reached out to a local real estate attorney in the area. I'm from Dallas, Texas, and the investor was in Dallas. And so I had reached out to an attorney in Dallas and just started asking questions. He was a real estate attorney. And fortunately for me, he was an investor as well. And that was actually helpful in the end because he, he kind of took me under his wing and showed me how to do it right. Showed me the proper paperwork, what to look for. And he really taught me a lot about being a lender and the mortgage note business. And that actually helped me kind of boost my career, if you will, and doing more lending deals down the road. Was there any hope of receiving your $130,000 through some sort of litigation that you attempted to do? I ended up really not taking any more action because I knew that there were some other investors that have millions of dollars invested with him, mm. that they had sued him. And I kind of just jumped on the bandwagon and put my name in the hat as far as all the other investors. And it was a big court case. I went to trial and ended up going to jail and it went to litigation and I've received some money back over time, but nowhere close to a full payback. What was the proper paperwork that the attorney said, hey, you should have had this in place? So if you're doing a deal like that, you, know, you want to make sure you have either an actual recorded mortgage note, a first lien position or a second lien position that's recorded at the county courthouse. Make sure it's stamped, filed in the county files and make sure you have a copy of it. Or if you're going to do like a promissory note, make sure that it's done through a lawyer and make sure that's all done properly. The paperwork that he was doing was basically, I think he was just taking like a Word document and writing some stuff down. He was making up fake addresses and I didn't really do much of a due diligence on making sure it was all done properly. None of it was recorded. So instead of trying to go at it yourself, I would definitely try to get an attorney to double check all the work. What have you made the most money on? The most money, I would say probably the best deal I ever did was I tried to start getting into some wholesaling and some flipping. And the plan was to flip a house in Fort Worth, Texas. And I bought it at a really good discount. And I ended up through kind of some networking, found another investor and basically sold it to him three days later for $15,000 profit. Without I touching it? Without touching it, yeah. I wouldn't say it's probably the most money I've ever made, but it was definitely the most money for the amount of work. And since it was the most money for amount of work, but I didn't hear you talk about wholesaling until I asked that question, why isn't that a focus? It's too much work, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that, that, that kind of happens once every so often, those types of deals? Yeah, and I decided very quickly that it wasn't for me. I tried it. And again, as an active duty military guy with a full-time job, the amount of work involved in doing wholesaling deals was way more than really I had time to do. How is that less time than having a turnkey property management or not, not, not a property management company, excuse me, a turnkey company where you're overseeing general contractor and you're sending weekly updates and videos 
seems similar. <laughs> yeah. Well, you probably have a very good point, Joe. <laughs> um, I think it's I'm at a different stage in my career and probably a lot more knowledgeable now than what I was when I tried to do wholesaling a long time ago. I've learned how to put some systems and processes in place and put teams in place that I can trust and allow for them to do quite a bit of the work that I wouldn't have probably been able to do, put those processes and teams in place five, 10 years ago. The big risk as far as what I perceive it to be with your business and how you have it set up, the turnkey rental business is the renovation process since you're not there and your business partner's not there. So how do you have checks and balances for the work getting done, not for reporting to investors, but to actually make sure that you're overseeing the general contractor the right way? We have that acquisition project manager that we've hired. She is a local real estate agent. She's been doing it for 28 years And she's always kind of been on the investor side of the house instead of just retail. And her husband is actually a contractor, one of the contractors that we use as well. So between the two of them, they have a very large knowledge base of both construction, contracting, and just the real estate in general. So we've hired her to be our project manager. And she is the one that lives there and does the weekly walkthroughs and the videos and checks on things and reports to us as the owners of the company. So we've put a lot of trust and faith in her and her knowledge base to report to us on a weekly basis. And really it's probably even more than a weekly basis. She does walkthroughs every day or two. And have you had her from the beginning? We have, yeah. We've been really fortunate to find her early on in the startup. How did the business support her expense or the investment in an employee when you hadn't done a deal yet? We just added that into our numbers when we were evaluating deals. Really, we treated it almost like a realtor fee. We just added that into the expenses at the beginning of a purchase. So we would just made sure that that was included into our acquisition costs and it's worked out so far. What's your best real estate investing advice ever? So I had to think about this for a while. I recently read a book called Tribes by Seth Godin, and it kind of resounded with me quite a bit. I think first and foremost, you have to invest in your tribe, and then second, invest within your tribe. And what I mean by that is I think it's really important to first spend the time and the effort to grow and add value to the people that are within your network. And then as that network grows, I think your investment opportunities will come. And you should invest then within that network that you've built and added value to. Powerful concepts. Very powerful. And I know of Seth Godin and I'm familiar with his work, but I have not read that book and you have inspired me to read that book. So thank you for sharing that. Certainly. It reminds me of the quote that Robert Kiyosaki said whenever I interviewed him. I think it was when I interviewed him. And he said, the richest people in the world build networks and everyone else looks for work. That's huge. I think your network is very powerful. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Ready. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Do you need debt for your deal, equity for your deal, or maybe a loan guarantor to help you get qualified for the financing? Talk to Mark Belsky. His number is 212-897-9875. That's 212-897-9875. His email is mbelsky at 
eq.com. What is your return on life? Do you struggle with investing for a safe return? American Real Estate Investments specializes in passive income real estate investing through single family rentals, private money lending, and international vacation rental properties. Visit them at areiusa.com. That's areiusa.com. Best ever book you've recently read besides that Seth Godin book? I'm going to say The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John David Mann. Best ever deal you've done that we have not talked about already? Yeah, I was going to say that wholesale deal, but another one just recently, we did a turnkey real estate deal and we made $35,000 on it. Well, that's pretty good too. Yeah. It was a little bit more work than that wholesale deal, but yeah, it was pretty solid. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction that we haven't talked about? And I know clearly the 130K is what you probably initially think, but something else, maybe more tactical. Yeah. I went to a real estate conference just recently, and one of the advices that, that another investor said was fire fast and hire slow. And we kind of recently went through that, and I'm really kicking myself for not firing one of the contractors that we had hired a long time ago. They had done three properties for us, and every single one of them had some issues. Either we found some stuff that they had kind of wasn't honest about, they were late, they were asking for more money when in our contract didn't require it, and we gave them one more shot on a recent deal, and it failed miserably. <laughs> and, and we actually ended up having to fire them mid-project, and they walked on the job, and it was kind of a real hassle. So I would say hire slow and fire fast. Best ever way you'd like to give back? Part of our business model is we have a nonprofit organization with a goal to buy a house, buy a, a property to use as a refuge for wounded veterans that are going through treatment at a VA hospital. So our business model is we take 10% of all of our profits from the sales of our homes to go towards that nonprofit organization to hopefully within a year or two buy a house through the nonprofit organization to use as a veteran refuge. What percent are you there in order to accomplish the first purchase? We still have quite a ways to go. Our goal is to raise $200,000 and we're at about $20,000. So long, you're, long doing, ways. you're doing all cash. You're not getting financing. It's just paid for. Got yeah, it. that's our goal. Cool. Well, lastly and important, how can the best ever listeners learn more about what you got going on? I have a website. It's called militaryinvestornetwork.com and they can go to the website and it's free for any active duty or veteran or their family member. They can email me at stuart at militaryinvestornetwork.com. That's S-T-U-A-R-T. And then I'm also on LinkedIn as well, Stuart Grazier. Well, Stuart, thank you so much for being on the show, sharing lessons learned along the way. Certainly, the Ponzi scheme would check that box. And more, and well, as important, the wonderful things that have taken place. And that is the company that you've got right now, the Turnkey Management Company. Or, no, I keep saying management company. The Turnkey Company, as well as the different types of investing that you've done and what you learned and then apply towards what you're doing now. And one last question that I have, 
and this might sound like a stupid question or a weird question, but I'm just going to ask it. There's, no, you, there's no stupid question. Are you glad that you got involved in the Ponzi scheme and you lost $130,000? It's really funny you ask that. I've thought a lot about that in the past, and it's really made me grow as a person and as an investor. I learned so much from that. And a lot of people say that you learn from your mistakes and grow from them. It's so true. Going through it when it was happening, it was absolutely terrible and thought that it was pretty much going to ruin me. But I just picked up from it, learned from it, tried to grow from it, and it's really helped me out and grow myself as an investor. Best experience you never want to happen again, right? That's right. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I have not been involved in one of those. Fortunately, that hasn't happened to me. But I have my fourth house. It was not what I thought it was. And, And lessons learned along the way and experiences that when people on the show who have deals that go sideways or really south, I like to ask that question just to get their thought process about after the fact and if they're glad. And nine times out of 10, and perhaps glad isn't the right way to describe it, but nine times out of 10, they learned a lot more from that experience than what they lost. I think that's really the key there. So best experience never want to happen again. Really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. You too. What is your return on life? Do you struggle with investing for a safe return? American Real Estate Investments specializes in passive income real estate investing through single family rentals, private money lending, and international vacation rental properties. Visit them at AREIUSA.com. That's AREIUSA.com.